Hello everyone. Welcome to Plant Profits. I'm Vern Davis. I'm your host of Plant Profits. And man, I'm excited to have this quality of guest on Plant Profits today. And you, as an audience, you're going to enjoy the conversation, I promise you. My next guest ran sales and operations in corporate America for over 20 years. He and his today partner combined their operational and cultivation genius skill sets and their yin and yang approach to creating a strategy and a business plan focused on quality, focused on health, and focused on wellness, which became what we now call Flow Gardens, which I know you're all familiar with. Flow Gardens is a highly rewarded business and brands. One of multi Emerald Cup Awards and the High Times winner. High Times is a People's Choice Award, which represents really the best hip products in the entire marketplace. So that's that's big time. So I, I am talking with David Miller today. Now, David is the Chief Strategy Officer at Blue Gardens. David, how are you, man? I'm awesome, Bird. Appreciate you uh, having on the show today and excited to talk with you one-on-one. Oh, absolutely, man. Now, it's, it's quite interesting. You know, most of the times when I have these conversations that the folks that I'm talking to is not in Tennessee, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, what the hell are you doing in Tennessee? This is where you operate. You operate this booming business out of Tennessee. Tell me how that came about, man. Really came about by our, our founder, uh, yeah. Eric. And he, uh, it's, it's all, it's all we could do, you know, with yes. Eagle state and there's some silver lining with, with that, as we can talk about later, if you need to, or if you want to, and yeah. you know, that's kind of how we got started. It's where I was born and raised before I lived in Atlanta for 20 years and raised here. So, I mean, it's, yeah, it's just our, our hometown. It's home, hometown made it happen. I love that. I love that. What is it like though, operating your type of operation, your type of business with the brand. I mean, you're not a secret. You're not under the table. This is real shit, yeah. right? So uh, what what is it like operating in the South, in Tennessee? Yeah, from from a lot of different perspectives, especially being in a in a tier three county, which is a basically very poor demographic area in, in Maynardville, which is outside of Knoxville, is people don't know if what we're doing is legal, if we're operating it like grow like having to make sure we maintain great relationships with the Tennessee Department of Ag, but staying on top of the farm bill. Thank God it was it's been extended to September. Uh, it'll give us some some breathing room and clarity to operate a little more. And yeah, every day's a new day with a new surprise. <laughs> no. Yeah. I and you're 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 right. I wanna go, let's let's I, I wanna go there. You brought it up. I do want to go there. It's one of the things I'm gonna talk about, right? We couldn't get the farm bill done it was it was it was due at the end of this year to be updated and they couldn't get it to hell it's not even committed so and then they've extended it to september do you have any confidence because a lot of what you do the farm bill supports so do you have any confidence in what the update will look like or is there some work that organizationally needs to happen you know, throughout the industry to ensure some things? Are you hearing negative things? What What's going on there? I attribute a lot of it to just 
the chaos, for lack of better words, that's going on with with our federal government relative just being able to get, you know, the the debt ceiling debacle handled. So they yeah. we kind of took the back seat, the farm bill, so they could get that worked out. So it's very positive because um, the momentum with cannabis is is moving in a more medicinal, more recreational uh, mm-hmm. state focus. So I, I'm I'm finding it harder and harder to believe that they're going to move backwards when they adjust the farm bill with some of the the issues and topics that are up there now. At the end of the day, I, you know, it's unfortunately it comes down to a, a couple people upstairs who who make the decision, and hopefully they they do the right thing for for the people. Right. You know, we've we've had this wave of coming and go momentum coming. Right, for a disappointment. And it's all been centered around what the hell happens in Washington, D.C. Or what doesn't happen in Washington, D.C. And you said something here that you said that you have a certain level of confidence because there is another wave of confidence and and how things are. And there's just so much hemp and out there now. HD9, right? And it's important. People are putting their businesses and their livelihood and their careers on the line that this that that's going to be able to stay, and that will be something that will be a business making for them. I mean, you're building brands, and you're putting them in that channel of trade, and the hemp legal channel of trade. And you're, you know, I have clients that are that have the the same brand in, in the dispensary, right? And they're and they're trying to build a brand because through the hemp side because there's just so many more opportunities of points of distribution, right? And so you get more consumer exposure, which creates, help you create a brand image and and accountability and all the things that real brand making means in consumer products, right? So I just wonder how much faith should we put into what's supposed to happen in September 2024. I try and stay positive, but you know, let my fear my government at the same time. Yeah. Uh, you and I, Vern, our states have a, have a lot in common. Our we do a lot yeah. of business. Texas, you being in Austin, me by the operate under the the farm bill, and um, like you said, there's been so many brands, ours included, that have just exploded over the past year. Right. because we understand the rules that have been laid out, and we're following them and being compliant with them. And, you know, it would be, for lack of better words, a tragedy if they went and they moved backwards on some of these rules that they initially set out. So we'll see what happens. We got, like I said, we got another nine, 10 months of breathing room. Right. Who knows? (laughs) Yeah, it's important. And you're right. Who knows? It's good. I mean, but what that's going to do is you're going to continue to do great. Right. You're going to build this thing. And and by July, you're going to feel, okay, damn it, we're doing it. It's happening. We're setting record numbers state by state where we have distribution. And I just hope the, the lobby wheels and all the things that are being increased are, are happening, you know, in the industry behind the scenes and, and talking to the right people and making sure that there's some certainty involved in this guesswork. Yeah, and I can, you know, I, I would know it's surmised that the lobbyists yeah. Have- the marijuana side, not the hemp side, which I, I yeah. think all one together, but the laws yeah. really divided it. So I don't think it's a hemp versus marijuana, but at the same time, when you're looking at the two sides, 
I see where marijuana is coming from. They, they they have to deal with 280e implications because it's not approved federally marijuana. So we don't we don't have that that tax hit that most right. all of their businesses don't either, except for the marijuana industry. So I think that there needs to be some things done federally to to loosen the marijuana standards so we can operate as as one cohesive unit and that's what i plan to do uh, strategically over the next year is just separate that facade of a, of a great wall between hemp and marijuana saying guys we're we're in the same boat here like right. there there is no difference when you look at the science of the plant and it all it all comes down to testing and you know cannabinoids that aren't fully understood psychoactive and non-psychoactive and we we've got to work together if if we want to push this cannabis initiative forward at, as a country, oh, absolutely. So let's talk about that piece, right? So, so the DEA several months back came out said they're going to reschedule this thing, and they're going to put it in the process of rescheduling it from a level one to a level three. So, and then there's some weird stuff that happened in Georgia just recently. I don't know what the hell happened there yeah. with the DEA. So. Where are we on that? <laughs> what is your understanding of, is, is that rescheduling, is it in queue? Is, you know, it, it doesn't happen overnight. What are the forces to bear that b gives you confidence that that will happen in 2024? Yeah, I read, that's a great question. Uh, I'm glad I did my reading yesterday, Vern. You, there's something <laughs> that came out, I think it was MJ Biz Daily, is there hasn't been a lot of information released about the rescheduling to Schedule 3 from Schedule 1 for marijuana. I guess leaked or released, however you want to look at it, was, I believe it was the DEA, maybe in, in conjunction with the HHS, but they had, uh, one of the two organizations had requested um, information and input from the states that were legal and requested data around that, specific to what is the medicinal value with marijuana so that in and of itself them asking for that data i think is good yeah yeah i do too yeah so but but there's very little information that's that's factual that's being released about this so i don't know on, on that other than we're, we'll have to wait and see and then as far as georgia goes i'm not in that state anymore but i have been following it and you know they were the first state where they were, it was allowed to be sold in pharmacies and the DEA right. notice saying, you know, sorry, this can't be sold in pharmacies. So it's so obviously, I mean, I don't know speculation, but obviously I would think like the CVSs and the large box stores are already, uh, that's definitely a hard no now, but as far as yes. make smaller pharmacies, I, I don't know that the DEA has an enforcement division from a resource allocation perspective to do that. So how that's going to pan out, I, I don't know, but something needs to be know. <laughs> that's crazy. That is insane. That is insane. And we're not going to solve it here. But the point I'm making is that, is the point you made, is that there are some real positive things happening. There's some momentum. There's some things that can really impact in a positive way. Now, I think that it politically, and I, I've been saying this for a couple of years, politically, the party that puts their arms around this thing is going to win a lot of elections, okay? They're going to make their constituents healthier economically and from a wellness perspective. They just got to do that. I would think, since this is the big one, 
right, 2024, that there's a lot of elections going to happen. And the big one is there, that in that campaign, it won't be a silent participant, right? That there there will be a plan, there will be a presentation of, of and there will be someone, I would hope, that will claim it as this is this is something that should have been done a while back. This is something we should be doing. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I have done. I would love this, to hear that about our industry. I would love to hear that in the political perspective by those who are trying to be elected. Yeah, I I agree there, Vernon. You know, if, if we can just get a candidate to, to say this clearly has medicinal value, you know, what you do in your personal time and, you know, in, in your home or, or in private areas, you know, that's yeah. it's your decision. It's not me as a politician speaking, you know, in their perspective to decide right. what you should or shouldn't do, but we do know this has medicinal value. You know, we have 40 plus states where it's approved. So like, let's, let's get our stuff in order, Washington. Come on. <laughs> exactly, man. Exactly. Hey, we're going to take a quick break on the other side. We'll get into Guards, that was something you and I just could not resist. Yeah. Right? Okay. Because <laughs> we got opinions about it and it's where we live. So it's, it's quite interesting. I'm Vern Davis. I am your host of Plant Profits. And my guest today is Mr. David Miller, who is the Chief Strategy Officer for Flow Gardens. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Hey, welcome back, everyone. This is Vern Davis. I am your host of Plant Profits, and thank you for joining us here on Plant Profits. And my guest today, we have a great conversation with Mr. David Miller, who's the Chief Strategy Officer of Flow Gardens. Now, Derek, tell me, man, how did Flow Gardens, how did this whole thing come about? Because you were you were doing other things, successful. I think you sold one or two businesses. You had exit in one or two businesses, and how did you get involved in this thing? It took me 20 years, Vern, to figure out what, what I loved to do from a work perspective and actually doing it. So I'm, I don't know that I'm, I'm the best person to talk to there, but you know, after 20 years, I, I took a hard look at what I was doing, put the money aside and was like, you know, what do you do that, what, what is meaningful to you that, that you love for you to do? And yeah, when it came down to some, you know, personal situations and my family and close friends, I, I chose I chose cannabis and yeah. it, it just kind of happened after that. You can call it manifestation, good luck, hard work, opportunity, I mean whatever you want. But you know, it just kind of happened from there. But how Flow Gardens actually started, Eric's been growing, I guess you could say, underground for for twenty five plus years. Mm -hmm. And whenever he went out to Colorado in twenty sixteen, he was on the, on the rooftop of the building with one of his buddies, and he was smoking a one to one can of tonic so half cbd uh -huh. half thc it's like this this is the future it's not just cannabis it's these alternative cannabinoids that also have medicinal benefits so uh -huh. you were able to craft away this is several years ago to grow plants under the 0.3 percent delta 9 and and the required uh -huh. thc at testing whenever we actually sold it it had a balanced thca non-psychoactive um, mm -hmm. form until decarboxylated and heated. So you had half that and you had half THC or a half CBD 
And we brought that to market. It, it didn't exist. Amazing. Right. A lot of followers on Reddit, they, those guys are, and girls are super, super sharp. If you do anything wrong, they will roast you May, a little bit too harshly. But, you know, yeah, I think it's all, all in good spirit. And, you know, we were able to get a super loyal following on, on Reddit. And, yeah. you know, that it just kind of expanded from there. A bunch of people started figuring out the THCA and CBD market and, you know, how to comply with the rules appropriately to, uh, to bring good product to customers. And, you know, now there's probably a three to $7 billion industry. You know, it's hard to get those numbers reported, but across the nation. So we feel like we had a pretty strong impact in making that happen. And we're, we're glad to see that there's tons of people across the country profiting from it. Yeah, that's great. You know, that goes into the conversation I want to have with you about Flow Gardens, right? What makes you guys different? What makes you stand out? So whenever I first got there, being completely yeah. new to cannabis other than growing it, you know, myself and, and consuming it over the years, you know, I didn't, I didn't really know anything about it. And... Yeah. So I spent the first nine months just getting at Eric's head and figuring out, hey, what is what is the purpose of what you're doing? What is the vision that you have for your company so we can not only communicate that with their employees, but also cast it out in, into the marketplace? So it, it just comes down to having a, a sound business model, a sound structure, everything from core values to what your purpose, which ours is cultivating health and happiness through high-quality cannabis to having a brand promise, a brand guarantee, you know, all the, all the components that you need in a business, mm -hmm. just doing the day-to-day -day brick lane. You know, it's, it's right. not rocket science. <clears throat> um, to work together as a team and, you know, good things will happen, not overnight, <laughs> but, uh, good things will happen. Right. But as, as a consumer, right. as a consumer, how do I know I'm consuming a Flow Gardens product, right? And link that discussion with, as a consumer, am I shopping for one of your brands or am I shopping for a group of brands because it's Flow Gardens or how you're doing that, you know, communicating with me, the consumer? A lot of the factual evidence that the consumers need comes down to the COA and we've recently, uh, within the past week actually this week increased the uh, augmented the our com our internal compliance standards which is which is not required at all to have in the past done above and beyond which is get cannabinoid test get a terpene test adding a, a mycotoxin test as well now what does that do for me the mycotoxin test looks for i'm not a, i'm not a scientist bird but i believe it looks for like the four bad Types of mold, i.e., aspergillus. Okay. okay, good. So you're trying to get me a clean product, the cleanest product I could. Yep, yep, exactly. Right. Got it. Got yeah. it. Got it. Let's let's continue down this vein on brand building. What what's happening at Flow Gardens to build brands? We have. And how do you view it, and how do you view it as a as a business? Uh, when it for me, when it comes down to building brands, it comes down to in the customer first, you know, whether it's kind of a, an easy comparison is played mm -hmm. to Burger King is like, I think if you ask the average consumer who's got better customer service, an overwhelming majority would say Chick-fil-A. 
And it's not mm-hmm. what can you do to make the customer happy. It's what can you do to make the customer happy and then go above and beyond their expectations. So they mm-hmm. know that you know that you are very important to them. And, you know, looking at our, our LTV lifetime, LTCV, our lifetime customer value, that, that is, that is just huge in an industry like this, where it is still the wild, wild West and mm-hmm. you to provide that, that good customer service. I'll talk about something uncomfortable. We had, we had some mold recently and, you know, molded for those that don't know mold is present in almost every flower. It's at, at what degree and is it, are the trace elements, is it detectable? And it, when you throw in factors like we're shipping across the U.S., so mm-hmm. so that ship time, there's the temperature fluctuations, and we basically dropped everything and have dropped everything for two weeks to make sure the customers understood, hey, we don't know what the heck's going on. We have strong quality assurance processes. Obviously, they're not where they need to be. Right. All your money back. Here's a credit. Here's a gift. We are sorry. We're not perfect, but, but, you know, we're, we're going to do the right thing. It's ignoring the bottom line or put prioritizing customer service over the bottom line in situations like those to where they know that the brand is valuable and you're not just trying to make a buck. I think that's really, that's really important. And, or, or you, are you guys putting out there in the ecosphere that what you're doing to present me a clean product as a consumer. And that's big. I, I think that that helps me narrow down where I'm going to shop, right? Who I'm going to, if I know that you're doing everything you can beyond the call of duty to, to get me the best thing for me, because I am ingesting this into my body, you know, either by beverage, by smoke, by food, I'm doing that. So uh, it's quite interesting. Thank you for that. Now, the other question I have for you, and I'm sure we'll wrap this up, but are you guys in the beverage game yet? You know, we've we've looked at that. And yeah. we went to out of state to, to look at a lot of beverage companies, see if it makes mm-hmm. sense. You know, one of my, in, in my prior career, I worked with, with Coca-Cola, the alternative beverages division okay and the, the economics when it when it comes to shipping uh-huh. especially on a b2c level uh-huh. with, with beverages is the economics they're tough so we're not in the beverage game yet there is a way certainly a way to make money and to be successful at that but uh, especially on that on the M side yo yeah oh, yeah. yeah that's what i'm talking about i mean i that that's exploded yeah, we went to the Southern Hemp Cup Championship. We were judges. Okay, uh, nice. Just th- this past weekend, we won in the past, I guess, three or four years. So they, they, I guess they won another winner. So we judged. It was at a High Notes uh, Cannabis Bar in, in Nashville. Uh, re- really fun, and they had probably fifteen different uh, cannabis beverages burning. You know that they were they were amazing. Then they, yeah. they, I think they're starting to get the formula right. So they're a lot of them. Yeah, at that taste. Uh-huh. The three of the taste yeah. too. The but taste I, has got to happen. I'm not. I'm not drinking medicine. <laughs> yeah. So, so the, the taste was uh, was good on on several of them, and then also the the THC and CBD content. It had about two and a half milligrams. Yeah. You know, 
depending on your tolerance, some people, if they have a 10 milligram gummy, they're, they're shot to the moon and they're right. done. So, you know, if you're just drinking something at two and a half, that's, I guess the equivalent, even though I don't like to equate it to alcohol, it's kind of the equivalent of like drinking a beer. Right. No, I think that works. There's a lot of people getting involved in that and they're finding some success, man, for sure. Yeah, for sure. But look, I, I, I really appreciate you coming by and spending some time with us here on Plant Profits, man. I want to thank you. You guys do a great job and I want to invite you back. And David, I love talking with you, man. And I want to make sure that you and I can continue to talk and because you guys are doing some, you you're really into the science of the of the plant, and what you do is is leading. We just got to get everybody on the same like on the same page, create a great industry, and compete like that. That's that's when it gets good because then you get a lot better because you know you're 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 really taking the science of what's actually in the product and the 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 plant that is going to actually how it's going to affect me and and that that's so important because it, it's so different for every individual it's so different for every individual what what they consume so david thank you thanks for being part of plant profits uh, as a host i i definitely want to make sure that you know that we appreciate your presence in the industry and your presence here i am Bird davis i am your host of plant profits and my guest today was Mr. David Miller, who's the chief strategy all for sure, Flow Gardens. Until next time, cheers. <laughs>